This episode features dramatizations of gore, body horror, pregnancy complications, abortion, as well as discussions of colonialism, miscarriage, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of the Mananongal. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Filipino legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This week, we continue our season on nightmare creatures with another blood-sucking, viscera-loving creature, this time from the Philippines. Her shape-shifting nature and thirst for gore might remind you of the Afro-Caribbean Sukuyant, but don't let the similarities fool you. The Mananongal hides in a much more beautiful form and has an even more disturbing craving. Fetuses. Coming up, the Mananongal stalks its most vulnerable prey. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with your no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com forward slash guarantees. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. The Mananongal hails from the Southeast Asian nation of the Philippines, where she's known as a type of aswang, or malevolent supernatural being. She's a beautiful woman in the sunlight, but when night falls, her arms become bat wings and her lower half severs itself from her body, carrying a trail of intestines with it. 
The Mononongal sucks the organs and phlegm from her victims, entering their orifices with her long, thin, and ever-stretching tongue. And she has an aversion to salt, as she can be defeated if you salt her lower half. This will keep it separated from her top half, and if you keep the halves separate until morning, the Mononongal will be dead. But watch out, because in the Philippines there's always potential for more Mononongals. The monster is thought to bear a strange connection to one of the Philippines' most distinctive dishes. Balut is the Tagalog word for a boiled fetal bird egg, usually duck, and usually 16 to 20 days into its gestation. Allegedly, it's as popular in the Filipino capital city of Manila as hot dogs are in the United States, and is seasoned with salt, garlic, pepper, vinegar, or soy sauce. But according to some stories, if a woman eats the wrong fetal egg, one from a black chicken that was formerly housed in a mononongal, suddenly she's no longer just having a casual snack. She's transformed into a mononongal herself, and now she's hungry for a different kind of fetus, human. Tala rubbed her feet as her sister Diwata poked carefully at a bubbling pot. In her last trimester, Tala's feet had grown puffy and tired. Diwata kept her back turned as she asked, So, have you chosen a name yet? Tala shook her head. Not yet. I think it will come to me in time. Diwata didn't say anything. Tala worried she had upset her sister in some way. She was thinking she should think of a name when Diwata said, And you're protecting yourself from Mononongals, of course. Tala placed her hand over her round stomach. Yes, windows and doors shut tight. It will be stuffy and sticky on warm nights, but I will keep my baby safe. Diwata nodded sagely. Good, that's good. Tala straightened up in her chair. If she comes, though, I will be ready. I've fought hard enough through all of this. A viscera sucker is nothing compared to those biddies in the village. Diwata gave Tala a pitying look. I wish you would tell me who the father is. I could speak to him, make him be sensible. Tala countered Diwata's pity with pride. If he doesn't want to be involved, he shouldn't be involved. I'd prefer it. Diwata sighed. If you say so, little sister, but I will take care of you, because someone should. Tala had always been stunned at her sister's generosity and did her best to be grateful to her. Diwata had been lucky. Her husband, Ulan, was wonderful and had given Diwata this beautiful home. Tala had to admit she did covet it. The wide windows opened onto sprawling banana fields. Every room showed the same care and attention Diwata gave to everything she did. Homey, but expensive. Tala watched her sister bustle back and forth from the table to the pot of balut. Not once did she pick up the salt, soy, or pepper. She never seasoned her food. It was one of her most annoying quirks. She wanted to be polite and accept her sister's cooking as is, but she wasn't sure she could stomach the boiled duck eggs without some seasoning. Dee, my dear, would you share the secret of Ulan's balut seasoning so I can flavor the egg? Or don't tell me, and you can do it yourself. 
I just have the worst cravings for salt. I'd drink a cup of soy sauce if I could. Diwada was always the picture of grace and poise, but now her posture tensed. There was something strangely animalistic about it, like a viper poised to strike. But then she softened. Oh, Tala, you mustn't give in to these desires. When I was with child, I did, and... Diwada's voice broke a little. She looked away. Tala felt genuinely awful. The one blight on Diwada's life was her inability to conceive. She had lost several pregnancies. As much as she sometimes resented her sister's success, she wouldn't wish such pain on anyone. I understand, of course. Tala tapped the base of the egg on the table to gently break the shell. She turned it over and removed the small pieces. She broke the membrane around the embryo with her spoon, then brought the egg to her lips. She sipped at the liquid inside the under-seasoned egg, then moved on to her favorite part, the yolk, embryo, and albumen. She paused. There was something strange about this balut. Tala couldn't quite put her finger on it. She'd eaten plenty of balut before, but the embryo looked fully formed. That wasn't so odd. If you ate a 20-day-old egg, you could certainly end up swallowing a mature embryo, beak and all. But this seemed even past that. It seemed nearly ready to hatch. There were tiny feathers on it, greasy and black. How old is this egg? Diwada sat at the table, crossing her arms over her chest. Only 16 days. It's a new preparation for Ulan's cart. Chicken egg. Have you had it before? Tala shook her head no. Perhaps the pregnancy was making her sensitive to the image below her. The tiny bird curled up and waiting to be born. But she knew Diwada would not tolerate rudeness, and refusing food was a severe breach of etiquette. So she took a deep breath and ate the embryo whole. Mm, delicious, sister. Thank you. Diwada smiled at her. You're very welcome. I want to make sure to keep you well-fed for the baby. Tala had already agreed to spend a few nights with her sister, and tonight she was particularly glad about it. Her body had begun to feel too large for her, and her stomach roiled after eating the balut. Diwana told her to lay down in the sleeping wing of the house. Tala tried, but she couldn't sleep. She waddled down the hall and knocked on her sister's door, but there was no answer. That was puzzling. Night had fallen only a few minutes ago, so Diwada must have been awake. She knocked again. Diwada didn't answer. Tala's heart began to pound. Ulan was out for the night. It was only the two of them in the house. What if Diwada was hurt or sick? What if her sister needed her? She had to check, even if Diwada thought she'd be imposing. Tala took a deep breath and pushed on the heavy wooden door. Tala gasped. There was a woman standing over Diwada's bed. Her dark hair covered her face, while her body convulsed and contorted. Then her bones snapped, flesh tore, her arms ripped open and turned to bat-like wings. Her lower half fell to the ground, and her top half floated above it. 
Tala knew what this was, a viscera sucker, a mononongle. Get away from my sister, you monster! But the monster only laughed. Her tongue whipped in and out of her mouth like a snake tasting the air. Then it spoke with Diwata's voice. Hello, Tala. Coming up, Tala confronts her sister, the Mananongal. Hello, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we're the hosts of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. You may know us from the very creepy and excellent podcast Red Handed, but now we've teamed up with Parcast for an unprecedented look at history's most nefarious groups. Some preach extreme religious practices, others warn of impending doom, and then there are those whose endgame is far more diabolical. Every Tuesday on Sinister Societies, we take a peek behind the curtain and discover the most ominous organizations the world may or may not have known. Learn how entrepreneurial sects made fortunes off their brand, how charismatic cult leaders caught the eye of celebrities, and why strange orders of the extraterrestrial or collegiate kind attract the most unlikely of followers. Some groups convene in the shadows. Others operate in plain sight, all are absolutely sinister. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the story. Tala had begun the evening with a stomach ache. Now she was fighting the urge to vomit. Her sister was floating before her on bat-like wings. She was a viscera sucker, a mononongle. Her severed lower half lay limply on the floor. Intestines hung down from her torso like vines. She was monstrous. Yet Diwata seemed almost proud of it. Diwata chided her. Close your mouth, Tala. You mustn't gape. I'm not going to hurt you, and I most certainly am not going to eat your fetus without telling you first. I'm not a monster. She smiled. Her teeth were jagged and sharp. Diwata drew close, edging Tala into a corner. Tala slid down the wall. She tried to block out the squelching of her sister's intestines as they slid along the ground, but it was nauseatingly loud. Diwata, what happened? Have you been cursed? What can I do? Diwata laughed. <laughs> cursed? Tala, you silly girl. This is a gift, one I have given you as well. Tala stared at her. Whatever could she mean? Then she remembered the balut, the well-developed fetus within the egg. She'd heard folktales that consuming a black chicken could turn someone into a mononongal. Diwata floated over to the door. She locked it with one sharp claw. 
I'd intended for you to go to bed with a stomach ache and transform tomorrow night. I am sorry it didn't agree with you. The chick and you will grow together in time. Diwada looked down to her own torso. A large purple stomach dangled down from Diwada's chest. It pulsed and twitched. The moonlight hit it just right. The veiny membrane revealed an avian silhouette, flapping and pecking. Diwada smiled down at it lovingly. It can be a little uncomfortable, but you get used to it. Nausea hit Tala like a 100-foot wave. No, no, no. Diwada snapped. Oh, stop it. You're behaving like a child. Let's consume your little one and be done with it. Tala's hand flew to her stomach. What? Diwada spat. You're not ready, Tala. It's as simple as that. And when you taste it, mmm, you'll never want to eat anything else. She flew closer. Tala scrambled away. What is wrong with you? All those babies you lost. Did you... Diwada rolled her eyes. Yes, why not? You think I want a child with Ulan? He overseasons everything. Tala was shocked. There are other ways to end pregnancies, Diwada. Diwada shrugged her big bat wings. Yes, but they're not as delicious. Tala felt tears coming to her eyes. No, this is my choice, mine. Undo it. Diwada looked at her like she'd grown a second head, like Tala was the monster and not her. You'll be happier this way. I'm your big sister, remember? You have to trust me. Tala swallowed. Her stomach still hurt. She felt her baby kicking, her body wanting to tear in two. Something else was stirring inside her, something with a beak and claws. The transformation was beginning already. She didn't know what would happen to her baby. Would it drop out of her body as Diwata had implied? Would Diwata consume her child in front of her, placenta and all? She had to stop her. She had to. Tala tried to remember the tales she'd heard around the neighborhood. A sharpened bamboo pole could kill a Mananongal, but where was she to get one of those? What's more, did she have the strength to impale her sister? She wasn't sure, and if there was ever a time for certainty, it was this. Tala's eyes fell to Diwada's abandoned legs. She'd forgotten to bring her lower half with her. If Tala could keep her sister's discarded legs from her until sunrise, Diwada would die, and Tala could find another way to protect her baby. Yes, that was a plan. It would be a lot of running for someone in their third trimester, but she would do what she had to do. First, she needed a distraction. Tala looked at her sister. Thank you, Diwada. I didn't know what to do. I was ashamed to admit it. Diwada softened. I know, but I'm here now. Tala stepped forward, offering what would be the most disturbing hug ever. Diwada floated towards her. Her entrails and spine made a strange splat tick along the ground. Tala smiled kindly at her sister. Then she ran past her and towards the window. 
Diwata let out a yelp of surprise. Tala grabbed the legs. She climbed out the window and onto the wet grass. Diwata moved faster than Tala anticipated. Her large bat wings flapped. Soon, she was only a yard or two behind her. Tala didn't know where to go. Diwata's lower half was surprisingly heavy. Diwata's upper half was heavy, too. The bat wings were impressive, but they didn't allow for extended flight. The slide of the intestines would have been frightening enough, but the eerie tap of her sister's spine on the ground was almost too much to bear. Tick, 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 it went as Diwata bobbed towards her. Tala didn't have time to think. She turned away from the house and headed into the banana field, dashing, or more like loping, between the trees, hoping to lose her sister. The changes in Tala's body had seemed so gradual before. Now, every step showed her how much her center of gravity had moved, how her weight had shifted. Her hips felt like well, slimy intestines stretching for labor. She was painfully aware of the little creature living in her body, and the other one her sister had just put there. Tala was making an awful lot of noise. Diwata would have no trouble finding her. As much as it frightened her, Tala slowed her gait. She hefted the legs onto her shoulder, listening for any sign of Diwata. Then she heard it. That squelch and tick, tick, tick. Diwata called through the trees, You can't hide until morning, Tala. You know that. So come back. Let me help you. Tala shook her head, even though her sister couldn't see her. Or at least she hoped her sister couldn't see her. She tiptoed between the rows. She hoped to double back, but the squelch and slide of her sister's intestines got ever closer. Tala's heart pounded. She swore she could feel her baby's pulse increasing too. And the chick. She looked down. The horrible black chick was pecking at her stomach, flapping and squawking, ready to be free. Tala clapped her hand over her mouth to hold in her screams. It was too horrible. What if the chick pecked into her womb? What if it ate her baby before Diwata even had a chance? But she had problems outside her body, too. Her sister was close. There was nowhere to go. She needed a new plan. She studied her surroundings again. The trees stood high in the moonlight, and large, yellow and brown banana leaves littered the ground. They'd fallen flat, sticking out beneath and between each thick trunk. Laying like that, they almost looked like… legs. Tala lowered her sister's lower half to the ground. She stepped carefully and quietly to the next row over and slid the legs beneath a pile of banana leaves. They stuck out ever so slightly, but it was all she could do with the time she was given. She rushed back into the other row, barely landing at her former place before her sister emerged from the trees. Diwata looked disheveled. Bits of banana leaf were stuck in her long hair. Where are my legs, Tala? Tala shrugged innocently. I'm sorry, sister. I just don't know. Diwata's eyes narrowed. She floated closer to her. Tala forced herself to stand her ground. 
Diwata's tongue forked out of her mouth, moving along Tala's cheek in a smooth, probing motion. Do I look like a fool to you? Tala shook her head. You look like many things, Diwata, but not a fool. Diwata's tongue slid past her ear and snaked into the undergrowth. Diwata smiled at her, then flicked her tongue ever so slightly. It began to retract. Tala heard smacking and cracking as something slid along the ground. She prayed she was wrong. Then the legs emerged, carried back to their owner on her own tongue. Tala gulped. Diwata grinned. Wrong answer. Coming up, Tala seeks an escape and a cure. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with your no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com forward slash guarantees. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now back to the story. Tala couldn't hide her terror. She was out of options. Her sister had gotten her severed legs back. Diwata was going to eat Tala's baby. The black chick Diwata had snuck into Tala's food would remain inside her. She was going to be a Mananangal forever. Diwata didn't understand that Tala wanted to keep her child. Having the black chick pecking inside her made Tala even more sure. Her baby belonged with her. The chick did not. So she told Diwata, I don't want this. I'm not you. There's nothing wrong with that. Diwata gave Tala that same pitying look she'd given her in the kitchen when they'd talked about the baby's father. But there is something wrong with that, Tala. You'll live to regret it. Diwata stepped forward as if to hug her. Tala shrank back, but Diwata continued. I used to be like you. I thought I wanted to dedicate my whole life to someone else. But then another Mananangal showed me the way, just as I've shown you. Diwata licked her blood-covered lips. Tala could feel the chick pecking at her, almost like a contraction. The unborn tastes so sweet, Tala. It's greater than any sensation you've ever felt, even motherhood itself. A little pecking is a small price to pay for that. Tala's chest ached from crying. Her sister was really, truly lost. And now Tala was lost too. She wept for what could have been, if she had stayed away from the house, if she had turned down dinner, if she had learned to stand up for herself, even if it might offend Diwata. Something as little as insisting on seasoning her food would have given her a little independence from her sister. 
Salt was said to kill the Mananangal chicks. Tala's eyes lit up. Aswang, like Diwada, hated seasoning. Salt, pepper, soy, all of it. It was said that if you sprinkled seasoning on the discarded lower half of the Mananangal, she wouldn't be able to join her two halves in the morning. Tala was too far away from the house to get to the kitchen, but the kitchen wasn't the only source of salt. Waves crashed in the distance. The banana field was right on the coast. The land jutted out over the ocean. An ocean full of salt. She might not make it, but she would try. I promise, little one, I'll try for you and me. Tala ran straight for her sister. She dove beneath her at the last moment. Tala grabbed the lower half and kept going. She slid in the slickness Diwada's entrails left behind, but she used it to propel herself forward. She ran down the row, straight towards the ocean. Diwada's body followed. Tick, tick, tick. Her sister's tongue whistled as it tried to catch her ear. Tala ducked between the trees and kept running. The sea rose to meet her. She ran to the edge of the cliff and turned back. Diwata was in her fully monstrous form. Her tongue moved like a whip and her teeth were jagged and sharp. Her eyes blazed with fury. Tala smiled all the same. Hey Diwata, how about some salt? Then she tossed the Mananangal's lower half off the cliff and into the surf. Diwada screeched her sister's name. How dare you, how dare you? She followed the legs over, narrowly catching herself before she hit the water. Diwada ducked low, trying to make contact with the floating legs, but every time the waves rose, she shrieked and was forced to back off. Tala let out a slightly unhinged laugh, a little sister's glee at winning things for once. She felt the chick flailing in her stomach. There was only one thing to do, but she very much didn't want to do it. Don't look, little one, she thought. Then she stuck her finger down her throat. She gasped and coughed. Bile rose from her stomach, but she could feel the chick diving deep to move away from it. Still, she pushed and pushed. She felt the flailing lump move up her body and into her mouth. She spat it onto the ground and stomped it to pieces. That was one potential Mononongal down. Now she had to wait for the other. Her sister was still screeching below. Tala would wait until the sun rose, she and the baby. If Diwata survived, Tala would get a bamboo pole. We're going to be fine, little one, she whispered. We're going to do whatever we want. The Mananangal is a composite of treasured Filipino cultural beliefs turned twisted and wrong. In some tellings, the beloved Balut becomes a means of monstrous transformation. The sacred maternal bond is severed, replaced by a hunger satiated only with the help of a probing tongue. There's certainly a gendered component to this monster, 
Much of the horror depends on genitalia being violated. The Mononongal separates itself from its uterus in order to consume a fetus. The femme monster consumes its prey via penetrative means. Some scholars suggest that the arrival of the Spanish in the mid-16th century spurred the growth of Mononongal stories. Women had much more power in the indigenous cultures of the Philippines than they did in Spain, and upon their arrival, the missionaries quickly removed women from leadership positions. Viewed in this light, the Mononongal is a way to demonize women who subvert society's expectations. It's true that the first surviving written record of the monster appeared in 1582, yet it's impossible to know what oral history we lost when the Spanish missionaries set out to suppress every Filipino cultural belief they could. We'll never know what the Mononongal looked like before colonization. She was literally burned away. We're left instead with a terrifying figure floating outside time and space. Her nature has not changed in the last 500 years, but she's a constant force in Filipino horror media. It's no wonder, as once you know about her, it's hard to get her out of your head or your stomach. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with another nightmare creature. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Rache, with writing assistance by Stacey Nemec and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You aren't supposed to know about them, unless they want you to. Powerful groups with their own very specific agendas. And if you find yourself on the inside, good luck getting out. Hi, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Join us every Tuesday for our new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. Whether it's doomsday predictions, deadly greed or world domination, each week we're exposing the beliefs and actions of the most ominous organisations the world may or may not have known. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify.